0: Thank you for joining us this morning on this beautiful Sunday morning. Thanks for joining us throughout the Relationship Rehab series. As Bill will mention here fairly quickly, today's our our last day in it. Um, If you have not had a chance to join us for some of the past messages, they are all available on um, our church website, which will take you to YouTube. is where you can um, watch some of our past services Um, as well as our church app. Um, Good morning to our online family. So we're just super glad you guys are here. And thank you again for joining us. We are here to serve you. Let us know what we can do to help. Would you please join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this incredible day. Thank you for bringing us here in safety. Lord, I know each person here represents a season of life, something different. There's things going on that You know, we don't know about, but you do, and we thank you that you are at work in every situation to bring about your absolute perfect plan, and we know that your plan is that each one of us would know you better as a loving and gracious Father who has a plan for each one of us. Um, So we thank you for all of that and what we get to learn today together, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: Thanks, guys. That's a take a little diversion here around uh, way early this morning. I was reading through my Bible, and uh, those songs were just perfect for me today. Uh, it, I was in the beginning of the book of Revelation, and I read four chapters. Uh, chapter four, for those of you who are familiar with it, I was launched into the presence of God. And that's the way the the the, the commentator, John, stands in the presence of God, and he sees, you know, you He know, sees God, he sees the angels singing holy, holy, holy. So those songs that we just heard is Behold a Holy God. Uh, great great start for me today. So, uh, But anyway, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Bill, and uh, I'm honored to be here for you online and, and sitting with us today. We're finishing our series, as Dion said just a few minutes ago, uh, for almost seven weeks we've been going through a series on relationships, and we've been talking about rehabbing them, getting them better improving them as we go coming out of COVID and and trying to find some sense of normality with our feet on the ground and reality reality in our relationship uh, we've been doing this series we started out the first week we talked about what are the essentials what are the absolute necessary things and we'll talk about these today that we have to do in each and every one of our relationships Uh, And then the next time we turned, we talked about friends, we talked about romance, we talked about cyberland, how do we deal inside of our homes, marriage, how do we make a marriage? Uh, Honor God. And then today we're talking about finishing well. What's it like to finish our race here on earth? How can we finish well? Well, and so uh, that's our topic today. A couple of things that we've talked about each one in each, ser- each relationship series. We're talking about how beholden and how good it is for brothers, sisters, husbands, wives, kids, parents, neighbors, friends to live together in harmony and unity. So that's what we've been striving for each week. Uh, this week, as, as we finish well, we're, we're going to do something. We're going to look at something all of us are going to do. We're all going to leave an inheritance. We're going to leave something behind. And so this is what we're talking about is what are the last things? What are the last things that we should be doing An inheritance? Money, property, etc., that is received from someone when that person dies. When we die, death rate is still 100%. What are we going to leave behind? And I, I, this little thing in here that most people have heard the expression, uh, you only get one chance to make a good first impression. You only get one chance to do that when you meet somebody. Uh, Now, you can change it over time and try and regain lost ground if that's what you started with, but the other statement that's underneath it, uh, you only get, you and I only get one chance to make a good last impression. When we're dead, what we've left is what we've left. Do we live our, leave our family, our friends, chaos and confusion as to what they should be doing and everything else? Do we, do we leave fractured relationships? Uh, what, what are we leaving behind? Uh, there's no way I know if you're going to come back and change it. So you only get one chance to do that, and that's what we're talking about today. It's about leaving that godly inheritance behind. And, and one of the realities that we all face and one of the certainties is death is certain. But one of the confusing factors is when. When are we going to die? We, I, I, I don't have an expi- you know, one of those barcodes that gives me the expiration date. Well, I watch, we're going to watch a video that might point us in a good
2: direction when we die. There comes a time in everyone's life when they start to think about how many birthdays they might have left instead of how many they've already had. You see these numbers behind me? Well, that's supposed to be how much time I have left before I die. It's called the death clock. Yeah, there really is a website that you can go to and plug in information about yourself, and then it calculates how much time you have left, down to the actual date, believe it or not. It's kind of sobering, isn't it? According to my death clock, I have a little less than 40 years to live. When you're young, you don't think about death. I guess we all just kind of assume that we're going to live forever, or that that time, death, is so far off that it's not important to think about right now. And I guess I've just taken for granted, assuming that I will have plenty of time to carry out my good intentions sometime down the road. When I was young, I was so idealistic. I wanted to change the world and really believe that I could. But somehow, without even realizing it, I settled. I bought into this notion, this idea that by being successful, that would ultimately make me significant. Somewhere along the way, I traded making a difference for making a living. And so now as I sit here and I, I watch these numbers roll by, I wonder, what is life really about? Is this it? Is there more? <laughs> there's There's got to be more. Is there a bigger story that I'm supposed to be a part of? <laughs> Tell me that there is. I think of the days, weeks, perhaps even months of my life that I've spent so much time doing things that I thought was important, but ultimately things that really had very little to no value. So much time doing things, wasting time that I'm never going to get back. So much wasted time. Psalm 90 says, for a thousand years in your sight, God, is like a single day that has just gone by. And the length of our days maybe 70 years, perhaps 80 if we have the strength. So teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So the decision that I'm forced to wrestle with is this if this is how much time I have left to live, how am I going to leverage it? Because truth be told, I'm not happy with how I've leveraged it up to now.
1: That's sobering. That's in the, there is that website, by the way, uh, you, you can go, and look, I did that because I'm a curious sort, and so uh, I went in and figured out, uh, you go in and you put your date, your birth, and then you'll put your BMI, your body mass indicator, and they give you a little chart and how to figure that out, and smoker, non-smoker, uh, they didn't mention anything about bald or not bald, so I didn't get to check that box. Uh, but the rest of the information I put in, and, and it was illuminating. It wasn't as encouraging as it could be, because I found out I was dead. Some people have heard my messages in the past, and they would agree to that assessment. Uh, but I looked at it, and I, I put it in there. It, 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 it turns out that I should, have, I should have died some time ago. I should have died in, in, in October. Uh, uh, 15th, uh, 2016, uh, there I am, old bald guy, uh, 1950 days, I am on borrowed time, and so I looked back at that, and, and thought about that, and uh, this, the verse was quoted, oh Lord, make me know my end. And what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting my life is. You know, I'm, uh, I'm pushing uh, eight decades, if you can do the math, that's there. It's been a moment. I thought at 20, I had all the time, 50, come on, even there. And now I look at it and I see how fleeting it is. And this isn't a negative thing. It really isn't a negative thing. It's just the truth. The, the longer we live, the, the more we know how short time is and how quickly the transition, this wisp of life that we call it. So uh, 1950 days, that's what's taken place. I started looking back over 1950 days. What if I would have died back in the day when I was supposed to die? I don't like that term, supposed to. Theoretically could have died, Something. But 1,950 days, well, what's happened uh, since then? I've had some personal victories. I've had some personal failures uh, that have taken place during that time. Uh, I, in, these, in these years that have gone by, some things have happened. Uh, my physical aging has continued. Uh, I've assisted it as much as I could by destructive behavior. Uh, fell, fall, tore a shoulder out, and I had to go to the, the parts store to get a new one. And so they replaced that. But those kind of things have happened over the years. Aging, aging just takes place. It, it happens. And so uh, other things, though, that, that I started to look at, uh, my kids are five years older. Uh, my grandkids are five years older. And reflecting back, what impact have I had on them? They, they don't live near me. Uh, Oklahoma, uh, Virginia, uh, Riverside, but Riverside's busy. They come up when they can, and they check in, good kids. They call to to make sure that that, that we're functioning uh, in in our areas, good kids. But five years have gone by since then. Uh, Some of the things that that I've done during that day, uh, I've gone on some mission trips, recommend them to everybody during that time. Approximately, I've done 250 messages here at this church. During the same time, I've done around 300 Sunday school classes and life group meetings. Each time, I've done the best I can to anyone who listened to me to tell them about Jesus Christ. Bottom line, I'm glad I had 1950 days. Uh, The truth is to serve Christ is an honor here on earth. During that time, I've seen people come to Christ. I've watched a life transformed. I've seen this this miracle of new birth and a new outlook and a transformation. Several of them uh, were very far from God, but the majority of them, quite honestly, thought they were Christians before, and then they they were living their lives, and I saw the light go on, and I went, whoa, whoa. They found biblical Christianity and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ inside their lives. You know, uh, I'm glad I had those days. I look forward to some days ahead. And because the truth is, I'm not dead yet. I don't care what that uh, tombstone says. I'm, I'm still doing the best I can. So that's what today about is about, though, getting ready to leave this earth. Remind ourselves that we can only make a, a last impression once. We're, trying, we're talking today about making it good. So as, as I talk today, I want to do, uh, some of you may not know me, uh, but I wanted to give my credentials. I wanted to give my resume of why I can have this talk, uh, other than the fact that I'm an old dude and I'm dead, uh, what are my credentials to stand up here and talk to you about dying? Well, well first off, my first source of information is the Bible. The Bible is, is a book that's supernatural. It's proven to be supernatural. It's proven to be true. It applies in every area of our life. It's inspired or God-breathed. It's inerrant. There's no mistakes in it. It's, not, it's immutable. It's not going to change. It's God's Word. God doesn't change, his word doesn't change, and this is, this is not my opinion, this is based on solid facts. So uh, we have the scripture, that's my first source of information today. We've even quoted verses from it already, and I put full authority on those verses. Second, uh, and this is a strange source, it's going to get morbid here for a while, but it's really, w- one of my sources is pre-memorial meetings. When Marcy and I meet with families that have had, uh, suffered a loss, and they're coming in, and they're planning their memorial service. And uh, they've come to the church for a number of reasons. Maybe they're attending here, or they've attended a service before, and they liked what we did. Or they've just, even in some cases, they've asked their church, and they say how much they're going to charge them, and they come here because we're free. Why, why would we be free? They bring their friends who overwhelmingly don't know Christ. So I get somewhere in the area of 45 minutes to present hope in Jesus Christ. So if you're planning on dying and you want your friends to hear about Jesus, (laughs) come join us at a premarital meeting or prememorial meeting. Uh, Free for them. We do it because we can tell people about Christ. Most of them, when we meet in a room, we meet in a room, depending on how many people there are, the more people, the better and the more exciting this meeting is as the family and friends get together. There'll be be tears, got that. They'll be laughing. They'll remember stories that that bozo or bozette did, and they're all cracking up. And it's a healing, really, for everyone who's involved in this process, because they're unpacking stories. Uh, but you can sense something as, as the meetings go on you can sense often a respect and a deep love and a deep loss for the person and that's so Encouraging to me at least because what I'm doing is I'm trying to find out who this person was most people. I don't know So I've maybe a faint uh, knowledge of them So I'm trying to build a story a life story to present in the context with Christ in the background so we talk about how uniquely God makes everybody. We talk about mourning and, and what we can do with that in the loss. We talk about the hope. I make a statement almost every time. I couldn't do a memorial unless I had hope. I didn't want to stand up in front of a group of people and say, oh, by the way, your buddy went to hell. That would be a bummer. I don't. Th- uh, that would cut down the number of memorials we do. <laughs> but quite honestly, we have hope. We have hope that our... Our Christ died for our sins. And I want to present that to people and hopefully invite them in a journey that'll, that'll bring that about. But I've learned a lot about people as they've talked about their loved ones. So that's a source. The next source that I have for uh, meeting with and talking with families and people as people approach the end of life, it could be in a hospital situation where they're in the process of dying. They they may have a short period of time or whatever it's going to be, or they've already been transferred to hospice, and they're just waiting for the inevitable. They've decided just to get comfort uh, for their pain and wait. Sometimes, and I think one of the ones that had the most impact, where I'll share some stories, is to go to what used to be Beverly Manor, which is now Bella Serra, an assisted nursing facility where, where families and uh, have their loved ones there as they're living out the last years. Maybe it's a rehab situation, but normally it's just that there's no other place for them to go. They need either skilled nursing at that particular time, or the, the family's busy, they just can't take care of them, so they go to Bella Sarah, uh and, and stay there. Now, uh, interesting how I found out about this was 10, 12 years ago, uh, we heard a need for, at Bella Bellicera for someone to come in. And so uh, myself and, and Ronnie Eubank and a lady named Patty Suttle, we would go once a week. And we would go between one and two hours. Our goal in going there was to build relationships, to talk to people. And obviously at a time like that, when they're in, they know where they are. There's Regularly they'll close all the doors and, and they'll know one of their friends just went out. Uh, that passed away. So they know the deal that they're there. The family knows the deal while they're there. And so, but we would go and build a relationship with them, trying to again present Jesus. He, there's a theme here uh, to the people as they come to the end of their life to, to be able to do that. Uh, some of the stories that come out of there uh, were some real lessons that were learned. And, and, and here's the lesson that was learned. Our relationship with Jesus Christ defines not only all of our other relationships, but it defines how we face the end of life, how we act, how we interact, what we show to people that are there. Uh, These verses say that all of us produce fruit. Uh, We're producing fruit now. We're producing fruit in our life. But at the end of life, we're either producing good or bad fruit. Bad fruit... uh, is enmity, strife, anger, uh, rivalries, dissensions, you know. That's bad fruit. But some people, as they approach the end of life, are manifesting a love and a joy and a peace and a patience that is absolutely inspiring. So as we, we go through an assisted living facility, uh, whichever one it may be, you're going to see fruit in people's lives. And, and one of the things I, I uh, learned early on is often I would go into a room and there would be a Bible sitting on the table. So I would assume that, oh, okay, I got another believer. And and often they would give me their resume. Quite often I was told what they did at church, how they served, what their accomplishments were, all of these other things. They would take time to make sure because they knew I was from a church and they wanted to make sure that that I knew that they had all that going on. But after a few years of visiting, I, I found out that that Bible doesn't really tell me the story. It's the fruit. Because I saw both. I saw a fruit of love and peace and joy, not only for the resident, but also the families that came to visit them. And at the same time, I saw dissension, I saw anger, I saw families in, in, in strife and enmity as they were visited there. I've seen uh, some of the residents just totally lose hope and give up and become a grouch during the time, or just totally shut down and and actually expedite their own dying. I've seen others bloom and blossom. I, uh, a couple of them there stick in my mind. Uh, there was a, a guy named Lou who was a friend of mine before, and a uh, vigorous construction kind of guy, and he, he he went into dementia. So he was in Belisera at the time, and uh, but he blossomed. He didn't wilt. You saw him helping people. You saw him caring about other people. You would see him standing in the hall uh, looking for someone that they because sometimes they can't get pushed to the dining hall or anything else. So Lou was there to help him. Honestly, because of the dementia, he took a lot of people to the lunchroom that didn't want to go there. (laughs) But we're not faulting his heart. We're not faulting his heart at all. Uh, he was a Christian to the end, and he showed it by the fruit in his life. And yet, others I've seen, uh, particularly some of the family dynamics, it's just the tension there when they're talking to each other, accusing back and forth. Uh, just, it, it's really uncomfortable to be. So, that's one of my sources of information uh, that's there. Uh, next thing, my source is my personal preparation. I have we've this is not the first time we've done a finishing well conference. I just went back and I looked we did one in 13, we did one in 18, and we're going to do one this year. And so in that, over the years, I've learned to prepare for those things so so that's going on and and again, uh, my eager expectation is that I'm not going to be ashamed that I'm going to continue to fulfill my life and my needs to myself and my family. Uh, I want Christ to be honored in my life or my death well shouldn't we shouldn't we want that, that last memory to be that so getting ready I, I look through some of the things that have been there I do that uh, every time we do this and I suggest you do it that's the purpose of this talk that's why we're inviting you to next week because sometimes these obvious needs are just put off And well there's plenty of time of not so the memorial services I do, and I, I could look back through, but I could see ranges anywhere from 17 years old to 80-plus years old. It's not unusual to have a 50-year-old uh, and a 30-year-old and a or a 20-something by accident or anything else that takes place. It just happens. So, so this planning, we need to be ready. And it is appointed to man to die once. And that date is set, by the way, for us. We do have a terminal date. We don't know it. God knows it uh, as we do it. So the expectation is that the the clock is running for all of us. There is a countdown. Uh, Thank you that you can't see it uh, as it's running for me. And if you can see it, don't tell me. And same thing, that you don't know what yours is. It's appointed to die one time. And this comes from the Apostle Paul uh, in the book of Philippians, which we're studying in our Sunday school. He says to die is gain, and it absolutely is. As I look at the the opportunity to, to, to literally not only just study standing in the presence of God and visualizing it and enjoying it in a time of worship here or a time of private worship in my home, it's much better to be in the presence of Christ. But if I can stay, I can serve. If you stay, you can serve. You can make a difference and in those 1950 days if if i significantly move the ball down the court for one person to come to christ you know l.a went bonkers over the rams that's a football team right last week but one heart coming to christ is a place to celebrate that's, that's the reality that's in front of us. So, so last week, we unpacked the first part. Are we ready personally to see Christ? And, and this, this is the, the, the reality is that we're, when we leave this earth, everyone, according to the Bible, and that's proven uh, to be supernatural, God's word, We're all going to stand before Jesus Christ. We're going to close our eyes here. Our heart's going to stop here. We're going to open our eyes, and there's Jesus Christ, the one who died for us. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. We will do that. For some of us, he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Wow. Others, he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you and it doesn't matter what pedigree we come with or any of our background or anything else the ground in front of that throne and the you know the ground in front of the cross of Jesus Christ is level he looks at our heart that's where he makes his decision based on our relationship with him and with Jesus Christ that's where we go Uh, so many things our works don't matter so that was the first thing we talked about last week. Be ready for that. Second thing last week, kind of moving along as we approach death, we should be preparing our families and our children for this, this transition when we go from youth and vigor as we grow up and then we get older and older and we have kids and they grow up and they become adults. Last week, one of the fun things we talked about was this delicate dance that takes place between children as they grow into adulthood and their parents. It's a transition from the parents having loving authority as a, as a director and disciplinarian to becoming a loving witness and encourager to the kids. If you didn't uh, hear last week, I, I encourage you to do that. Uh, this transition that takes place. Now, we, again, we will be remembered by the fruit inside of our lives. I said that earlier when you go to bellisserie that's what you see but it's the same for each of us each person here has a host of witnesses watching you there are a host of witnesses watching me god in heaven is looking down jesus christ is fully aware uh, of each and everything that we do Uh, We're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. This is Hebrews 12. Before that is Hebrews 11, which lists all the Old Testament saints, some of my favorite people to read about. One of my favorites is Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. At a nation that was going down hard and went down hard, he's praying and correcting and trying to bring as many as he can to Christ in the collapse around him. He brings hope. Uh, to those who will accept hope and judgment. He announces his coming to those who want. So that he's part of that crowd. Isaiah's there. Daniel's there. Uh, my prayer is my mom's there. I, I, my prayer is that many of my friends are there looking down, and they're saying, Bill, you still have no hair. <laughs> well, that's what they see. I mean... Not so, they see my heart, they see the struggles, they see everything that's going on, and they understand your life completely, these people who are watching. The instructions is clear. Fix our eyes on Christ, lay aside the sin that so easily entangles us, and run with endurance the race that's set before us. Very simple. The eyes of the Lord are moving to and fro through this room today and trying to strongly support those whose hearts are completely His it's in every place keeping watch on the evil and the good that's that's our god's engagement here heaven is watching now also our family here on earth is watching those who we leave behind friends and family they're watching not in a critical sense they're not they're not taking notes to condemn us one of the most important areas to me is my marriage this is this is the key we've talked in this series of relationships marriage is a key part of god's plan Uh, for some uh it's it's there some people god says no marriage isn't for you but for those who are this is my calling at this time because after god my next priority is my wife and uh i love this picture because it kind of talks about our 57 years of marriage young in love Totally foolish, clueless as to what was ahead. What a ma- real marriage was when we started. Uh, my wife's been very patient, instructing me. Thank you, Ronnie. I appreciate that uh, going forward. But this this profound mystery that's been laid out and happened inside of our marriage represents Christ in the church, and this is what we show our kids. If if I could impart anything to anyone here or anything else, I want encouragement in marriage because that. Uh, the family is the core of what takes place. So so we look to that area uh, Look at our marriage. I want to finish well in my marriage. We have an agreement That it's ladies first uh, we've made that agreement we, we we discuss often wouldn't it be great if we went together Okay, I want to watch my driving a little closer, but yeah that <laughs> I'm not volunteering to go but that would be the best that'd be the best if christ came back wouldn't it be yeah we we get dressed for dinner down here and and have dessert in heaven that would be way cool to do that together but also our children leave a message for kids and watch this transition that takes place as we talked about last week this transition from parents to loving from being parent to loving advisors to train up our kids the way they should go. We want them to be independent. We want them to stand strong. We want them to do that. And on their side, they're to take care of us. So as as we live our lives out, this, this relationship comes together. It's an essential. The next essential is to live in harmony with everyone. Radically, and these are the essentials in each relationship, radically love and serve the other person. We said as our life, anywhere we are, any anytime, any phase, we should radically serve. Have this attitude in us that was in Christ. Even though He was God, He empties Himself taking on a bondservant and to death on the cross. And that's for every husband, that's for every wife that's here. Anyone who's contemplating marriage and you're going in it selfishly looking at what you're going to get out of it, recalibrate. If you've got a one of those nav systems that says recalculating, recalculate. That's not what marriage is about. It's serving. That's what not life is about. So serve other people, uh, kids, parents. Uh, that's a necessity that takes place. Talk to our kids. And I'm going to, I put these slides up last week. I put up all three of them. But one of the things is that this transition to adult to adult conversation between kids and parents, when it comes to this area, Please have them. As a matter of fact, next week, if, if you know, bring your parents. If you if your parents are approaching an age that's down the road, or even if they're not, bring your kids also. This should be a conversation. This should be something that we talk about. Normally, uh, I try and bring it up to some of my family. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, it. It's going to happen. So see if we can talk about that adult to adult. We get we used to be parent to child. Now, you know, now we're adult to adult. So any questions on that? Look last week. Sacrificial forgiveness. Live in harmony with everyone. This, you know, uh, let me just hit these quickly, but I can't tell you how important it is. We should be walking in forgiveness. Do a personal heart check. Are we at peace with everybody? Because if we're not at peace with everybody, we're going to leave, and they know it, we're leaving a burden that they can't solve. Mend that relationship for yourself? Because very clearly uh, Jesus speaks to this, if we don't forgive this, uh, if you don't forgive their trespasses, God can't. So many times, and I could give too many examples, I'll give a couple, I remember standing in the lobby of the hospital down here when you were allowed to go in, and I was going to go visit someone in their last hours. And uh, someone sitting in the lobby was a lady, but the co- interaction between the one that was guiding me and her was a lady said, I can't go in there there's no peace, you can't forgive me. Wait a minute. lady's going to die and did die shortly thereafter. Unable to forgive someone because of bitterness in her heart. That's a pretty clear concern. If we don't forgive others, God can't forgive us. This keeping peace in relationships. Do a personal heart check in each and every one of them. Live in harmony. Don't let the devil into the final moments of your life free the other person and again just some of the visits uh at at at, uh end of life situations when the kids come in the room I've, i've sensed this joy of serving each other and glad to see each other and glad to be there but i've seen the other side too where instantly tensions start to rise and accusations go back and forth. The kid walks in saying, Oh, you, and start correcting them and doing this and moving stuff around. And, oh, talk to you. and I've seen the other side where the kids are saying, You haven't been here in so long. They're carrying in their clean laundry and everything else to serve them and their favorite snack food. And, and, and the residents going, whoa, whoa, whoa. And often, I've had a couple of opportunities after those occasions and the kids leave and everything else, and I'll ask the resident, I said, you know, I, I just kind of watched the way you and your, your daughter or son interacted, and you know, if, if that was you, would you come back? And quite honestly, a couple of them said, no. Uh, and hopefully that may have changed a bit of that dynamic, but please, continue to do that. Grant forgiveness to everyone. And... uh Continue to repent and grow. If if the end of our life is measured by our fruit, our love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness, continue to grow in fruit to those people that you know. Uh, Speak the truth in love. Grow into Christ. Don't think that you've arrived. You haven't. Continue to seek Christ. It says, press on for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let that be the last part that they see I, If I could just do anything, is the is the last moment I want to be growing, continue to grow in Christ. That's been my goal for the last nineteen hundred and fifty days since I died, and it'll continue to be that as we go on. jeez If someone turns in this tunes this message in later on and doesn't know that foundation, they're going to think I'm a wacko. Uh, but anyway, and finally, in each and every situation, tell everyone you can about Jesus Christ that's why this series next week that's what's most important live a life that shines in such a way that it draws people to Christ let your light so shine that they'll glorify your father in heaven show fruit that only Christ can bring about so you'll be able to do that parents to kids kids to parents it's the most important thing. Change the world. Finally, just as we close, I'm going to touch on these things because I'm assuming that all of you will be at this, the conference next week. Some of the things that, that I learned going through this is leaving an inheritance for my kids. It says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. It doesn't say your good intentions, your, yeah, I'll get around to it when the ha- time comes. no plans, specific plans about what it's going to look like. Uh, see danger. A prudent person sees it and takes precautions. The chaos we can leave our family in is unmeasurable at times like this. You know, I remember uh, distinctly, really, my mother uh, taking myself and my brother into their, their bedroom one time when she was alone. My father already died. And she opens the drawer, she pulls out an envelope, and she says, this is what you get you come in here if it when something happens to me not if when something happens to me had all of her arrangements all she, everything that she wanted her will everything else was in there it was done and so uh that has really informed much of my life that side of it but also i've seen the other side where it's total chaos that takes place uh inside of that situation my uh ronnie and i my wife we we've, we've got our living Uh, trust set up. I've got a basement. And so uh, all the stuff is in there. And, uh, I've taken in the last couple of months, my daughter came out, uh, from Virginia and my son came up from Riverside. So I trucked them down in the basement and said, it's, here it is. You remember that, don't you? This is it. This is the place. This is where you come to. And, And it's all there. And, uh, they were very thankful and uncomfortable the whole time we were down there talking about it. And then they fled up the stairs. And, uh, But they knew. But they knew. Some of the things that that are important important to talk about uh, is we don't know when. We don't know when. Uh, The Bible tells us, you know, this guy's planning to save this, save that, and 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 the bottom comes. You fool! This night, your soul is required of you. What's going to happen to the things you've prepared? Don't be a fool. Don't be a fool. Prepare as best you can to make this last impression. And and some of the things that you should should come up with, and and Ronnie and I have to, we never got ours notarized, this D, it sounds so important, uh, do not resuscitate a DNR. Get a DNR. Which means your family knows what you want in end-of-life care. Do you do you want to be sustained for long periods of time? Do you want them to go to extraordinary measures uh, if you if you start to lose a heartbeat? Are they going to give you CPR? Are they going to do what are they going to do? Tell them, tell them what you want. You know, uh, and and again, by the way, this it sounds really morbid, pull the plug, but you don't really. I tell this story all the time, and it's one of my favorite. Uh, my brother-in-law, myself, all the family got together. And we were praying about what we call little grandma, uh, Ronnie's mom. And so she was had these hell hospital things. She was on machines. It was keeping her alive. Prayed and prayed and said, "Okay, what are we going to do?" And we said, "She wouldn't want this. She's an active, young, spunky, ninety-something-year-old, and so or eighty at that time, something years old." So we said, "Take off. She, you know, take that off. That's what we think she wants." he live 10 more years. <laughs> the plug does not determine the end of life any more than it determines the beginning of life. God does. So follow the wishes, and if God wants them at home, that's what's going to happen. He rules the heaven, life, and death. So DNR, very important in this thing. Uh, a will, a living trust, a confusion, the money is tied up, they can't get to it. please. Uh, do that. Uh, Power of attorney. If you're incapacitated, you should have, everyone should have, that that has an independent life, you should have someone that's got a power of attorney in the case or situation that you are disabled and cannot speak for yourself. You have designated someone, because if they don't have that paper, there's nothing they can do. You can be in the hospital six months, six years, and your resources, and everything is locked and your family can't use it to help you or anything else please uh, do that uh, in each of these things Uh, mates tell your partner if you do the finances give them a turnover jacket or someone in your family you tell them okay here's the finances here's where the bills are here's the checkbook here's everything else and your finances make sure your kids or other people that you trust other people that you trust can sign on your bank account that you each each bank account that you have or any big resource you should have someone else signing on it inside your family okay so be sure that you've done those things to to be able to carry that out Uh, talk about what you want we'll do this in a minute uh what do you want? In your memorial service. Uh that's a huge deal. I'm wondering and, and I've got the form here, uh my memorial information. Uh, we pass this out. We've got it formed up, and we're, we're trying to give it to everyone that come in for a memorial service so they can write it out. Uh, but we're asking people to write it out. So we have, what's your favorite verse? What do you want done? Who do you want to do it? What songs do you want? What inspires you? What what hope can you pass on? What are your final words to your kids? What do you want them to remember? Take one of those forms home and fill it out before you come to the thing next week. I was I was looking at this. I'm going to fill mine out. I don't know who's going to get the short straw and have to do my memorial. I don't know if it's going to be Dion or Nick or some stranger off the street that was willing to do it. I don't know who's going to do that, but I want them to know at least tell the people about Jesus. All, all of those kind of things. Prepare. Come to the seminar. Uh, Now, between now and then, enjoy life. Fix your mind on those things above where Christ is seated in the heavenlies. Enjoy our relationship with Christ. Produce fruit that is honoring to him on this earth. It's very important that we fix our eyes on Christ. But this expression, catch it, don't be so heavenly minded you're no earthly good. Do the necessities here. As you prepare for joining Christ, give this to uh, your kids and those people. Uh, be prepared as you do that. Write letters. I'm going to rewrite my letter. Last time we did it, I would written a letter to my kids. It's in there. I'm going to rewrite it. They're older. I know more. So I want to encourage each of the kids and grandkids in Christ. Last words. Uh, do that. Be quick to tell everyone about Jesus Christ. Join us next week, by the way, as we start this series that talks about people matter to God. So as we go in there, our life, if we get right down to it, our life here on this earth is not as zero value other than the fact that we make an eternal difference in telling other people about Jesus Christ. We tell them in words. We tell them by our fruit. We tell them by the way we live our lives. Finish our course. Walk in wisdom towards your kids and to everyone else. Tell everyone about Christ. And last thing, uh, continue in ministry. Serve to the end. If you're not in ministry, uh, it doesn't have to be in church or any place, but someplace where you're focused and give time, energy, and money to advance the kingdom of God into the lives of other people. Continue to do that. I love the quote from The Power Ministry a couple of years ago. Die first, then retire. Die first. Keep serving to the end. I don't. Uh, I, I love the concept of retirement. I am retired now, because when you're retired, you do exactly what you want to do. I am doing exactly what I want to do, and you are victims of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> run with endurance, guys. Run with endurance. The race is set before you. Fixing your eyes on Christ. Let's join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that, that Jesus Christ finished well. In the eyes of the world, uh, he was rejected. But in your eyes and the impact of his life, he changed everything. Lord, let each person listening to this today s- seek and celebrate the risen Lord. That we might have the honor of serving him here and spending eternity with him lord let us give the give us thank you that you will give us the strength and the wisdom to tell others about christ and you'll give us the courage to face our death and and the need for planning uh, when it comes we thank you in christ's name amen